Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the 815 Sports Podcast. And we are joined here today with a full barn. And I'm back with the first guys from the first episode. Feels great to be back. Joined with co-host per normal, Nate Harris. Nate, how you doing? Doing great, man. How you doing? Good, good. Glad to have you back. Glad that you're not sick this week. That's true. Vegas, <laughs> uh, Vegas kind of took over my body for that period. For a week, for a week and a half. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're back today. And I don't have to run this by myself. And we're also joined. Finally, he's back and able to do this with us. We're so glad to have him. Derek is back. Hardy, how we doing? I love a good packed barn. Uh, work's been crazy lately. Been on the road all over the country, um, so I haven't been able to top on as much as I'd like. But I'm, but I'm around today, and I'm excited to be here. Awesome. No, I appreciate you guys uh, having both of you guys here today. And no, I'm excited to get into um, the, the juicy part of, I guess, the NFL schedule here coming up. And we're right in the thick of things. Uh, injuries are going in and out. Season is in full swing. No more COVID. And let's just let's just take a minute to just kind of put aside football for a second. I just was kind of thinking about this earlier. We are in the apex of sports right now. If you think about it, NFL season is in full swing. College football is in full swing. NHL has started. NBA started yesterday. MLB playoffs. World Cup is coming next month. Um, golf is pretty much just finishing up now. There's still a few tournaments here and there. But, I mean, we're in the apex of, of all the sports just besides football. It's pretty cool. It's it's awesome. It's awesome when you turn the TV on and, and there's multiple options. Um, especially, you know, playoff baseball is always awesome to watch. Any NFL game is always great. And then it, it's fun when the uh, NHL and the uh, NBA are starting up as well. And uh, the college games have just been crazy as well. So it's really just an awesome time of the year. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I love being able to just sit down and any time of the day, even like if you're at work or just after work and there's always something, there's always a sporting event that's, that's going to be on TV. And it's so nice just being able to have that. And I, I think I just took that for granted for a while. Like I'm Nate and I, or I think all of us are huge baseball fans and we admire the game of baseball. We like watching it and, you know, you could stop, but some people are like, you know, I hate baseball. I can't focus on this and I only want to be able to watch football for, you know, X amount of months per the year which is great. And, and there's nothing wrong with that at all, but just taking it all in the play, the baseball play playoff atmosphere is some of the best atmosphere ever, like in any sport. I honestly think, I think that I might be biased, but I also think that it's, it's awesome. So, it, yeah, it's a, it's a different uh, atmosphere for sure. I mean, if you're not a baseball fan, like I understand like baseball is a pretty boring sport to watch, but if you're a baseball fan and, you know, October baseball is just pr- pretty different. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, e- even, even, even White Sox fans, that, I mean, that last year, that was pretty lit <laughs> for, a, for, a, for a small fan base. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but like, on, have you, have you guys seen like soccer, like how soccer is? I don't, I don't do, uh, I don't do soccer. No, I, I don't watch soccer. I don't watch soccer either, but I, it's, I, I've seen just for like a normal game. Like it's actually insane. Oh, they're, they're they're great athletes and it's, and it's awesome 
And there are actually a lot of similarities to the game of hockey and how they move the ball. Um, it's just not, not something I've ever really gotten into aside from the World Cup. Yeah, I'm I'm more of I'll watch anything kind of sport. I love soccer. I love UFC too. UFC is one of the most underrated sports ever. It's awesome. Just watching people beat the shit out of each other. I love it. Um, I, I hey, do let's, like. Let's rephrase that. Brandon just likes to watch anything that he can bet on. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Mode of uh, an absolute degen um, as your host here. But nonetheless, um, my bets have been ice cold. So let's just, you, you know what? As I like to say, you're either hot or you're due. Okay. So I'm absolutely due right now. Um, I'll get this out of the way now. I was three points of Jordan Poole uh, last night off of a grand. So that was brutal way to end my night last night. Um, I had a. 18 leg parlay hit 17 out of 18 legs and Jordan Poole shot two and nine from deep and he needed 15 points to finish with 12, but that's just the way uh, the cookie crumbles sometimes. So uh, nonetheless, let's get back into the agenda. Um, talking a little bit about the week six already. A um, little recap here. Um, I, I guess let's start with the bears commanders game on Thursday night. Um, and I know Nate and I talked a little bit about it. And Derek, I want to hear a little bit from you first, just in regards to that game. And let's talk a little bit about, I guess, both teams and the perspective of their season and the way that they're going. A lot of, uh, you know, communication around Justin Fields and him not throwing the ball a lot. And then as well as a lot of the backroom stuff with the commanders going on right now, sorry, the uh, operational side of things going on with the commanders right now with, um, you know, Dan Snyder possibly coming out and Jim Jim Ursay absolutely roasting his shit yesterday. There's a lot going on between these two organizations, but uh, let's start with this game first and just kind of break it down for me. Well, I was excited about this game. It was Thursday night. Um, I traveled for work, so I was home. Um, I went over to watch the game with my my cousin. We were watching in the hot tub. We were all jacked up, and it was a fucking dumpster fire. It was a it was a horrible football game. It really was. Um, to, to be a Bears fan and, and for them to be inside the five-yard line three times and not come over with points um, was just super frustrating to see. Um, I, I'm still on the, on the game of I like Justin Fields, and I, and I do think that there's big potential there. But where I struggled with a lot was the play calling in that game, especially when we got down to the red zone. We were moving the ball great down the field, but once we got to the goal line, it didn't seem like there was – any home run type plays I would have liked to see um, you know we were screaming it the whole time like a naked boot where just it's a design play action run bootleg and I and, and we just didn't see something like that and I thought the play calling was very conservative around the goal line yeah no that's uh, honestly I think you really hit that on the head there it's for most Bears fans and Nate if you want to chime in after this it's just like one uh, the bear bear fans are very either right now to me, it's either we love Justin Fields or we hate Justin Fields. And then you split that up a little bit more, kind of like a tree basically with a bunch of different branches. So you love Justin Fields and you hate the play calling or you hate, hate the coaching. You hate Justin Fields and you love the defensive scheme that you love Eberflus and what he's kind of bringing in as a defensive minded coach, former D coordinator, it's very like two sided 
And I just think if they could bring everyone together, like, and just really tone in on, on that play calling and, and fields, maybe even calling his own number a couple times. I mean, he's been running the ball a shit ton every single game. So I think you made good points. Um, I actually think the play calling has been horrible too. And it's as a bear, it's not a bears fan. It is still brutal to watch a team that has some talent, but is, is young enough to be able to, and should be able to develop and, and make changes and score more than seven points in a football game. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say though, even though Washington has their problems offensively um, and, and all year, really, I think the Bears defense has, has been fine, has really been playing fine. They've kept us in every single game, um, aside really from that Packers game, um, which really wasn't wasn't too bad score-wise either. But, um, I mean, the defense is doing the job. They're keeping us in games, and they're, and they're le- allowing a number of points that we should be able to still win with, you know? Mm-hmm. So that that that's the frustrating part, and, and it brings me back to 2018 when we went 12 and four, and you know every game we lost was a one score game. So it's like the defense is doing their job, keeping it keeping it close, and we just can't capitalize offensively. Yeah, absolutely. Nate, go ahead and chime in with with your Bears knowledge. I don't even know where to begin. There's there's so much. Yeah, so, I mean. I for one, I mean, I I think we just would like a coach, coaching staff that just sticks around and not hop around left and right. Um, I think that's one thing. Um, yeah, I mean, with the uh, whole Justin Fields uh, dispute, I like I like him. He has he has potential. He's I mean he's he's going to be be around a, a, a lot uh, longer. I would say, but I mean, the Bears just need to get better overall. I mean, you have dirt receivers except for Mooney, and that's the thing. You know, if if you could get somebody else with Mooney, then he could actually go do what he would be good at. He's not a true wide receiver one. He's he would be great in the slot, you know, and he's got to play that role right now where he's the pass catcher. But it would be great if we had a pass catcher and it would open up Mooney like crazy. Like last year with, with Robinson, it really opened up Mooney more knowing there was another threat on the field. Right. right. And, I mean, and um, with the whole passing game, definitely needs to be more. But in the past two games, we, we've passed the ball um, a little bit more. So there, each, each game so far the past two weeks, there's been a progressive and throwing the ball a lot more. So at least the upside to for, for the Bears is that um, we're probably going to see a lot more passing, which is good because you, we've seen what Fields can do. I mean, he, the dude, the, the little guy has, has an arm on him too. And he's, he's, he's shown that with some deep passes. Really good, a really great crutch by uh, Mooney. Mooney that game. Um, but, yeah, the Bears are just – I understand that, you know, the Bears are in their rebuild stage still. It's, it's been a very long rebuild stage, if you couldn't tell already. But, yeah, we we yeah we we got to get – we got to get more – we got to get more and so, something going. Do you think uh, – Derek, you bring up a good point as – I mean, both of you guys do as far as the Bears. But that – honing in on that, that receiving core – you're targeting so out of 115 
pass attempts this season by Justin Fields through six games, which is ridiculously low. Um, Mooney has been has been targeted thirty three times in those attempts. Do you do you think? I know I saw more last game against the commanders where he had his first game with double digit targets. I think he should be targeted 10 times or more every single game. There, there's no reason why you shouldn't target your number one wide receiver at least eight times, nine times, 10 times or more per game. It, like if you, if you go through Mooney's, I don't it, like him catching the ball is on him. Um, but the targets need to be there. He had 12, sorry, 12 targets against commanders. That was a season high before that. It was Houston with six targets. You need to utilize the tight end slot more. They, I mean, we drafted Komet for, for a good re, for a good reason. And we, the, ever since we drafted him, we, we barely use him. Mm-hmm. And that's another big target because I mean, for one, he's a big, he's a big guy. He, he's pretty hard to take down. There's been some inconsistency with the, you know, drop passes, but, um, you know, I, I still think there, I mean, he's young there, there's room to grow, but I do think that we need to utilize the tight end uh, slot a lot, a little bit more in the game. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to see some more, um, some more design plays to get Mooney the ball, whether it be, you know, your bubble screens and your, and your drag routes and your in motions and your touch passes and stuff like that to get him the ball where then he can kind of do, do his thing. Um, I'd love to see Komet used more in the game. It just doesn't seem to be something they're too keen on doing. We, we just really haven't used the tight end much at all. I mean, I, I, I would bet Komet has less than 10 receptions this year through six games. Yeah. I, I think he's, uh, I think he's directly at 10, but um Nonetheless, I, I would agree with that point as well. I feel like la- I feel like over the last couple of years too, you look at some of the tight ends that the Bears have had, and they've actually overutilized. I think their tight ends over the last few years, and then kind of coming into this year, Komet was predicted to have a big year. I was, I, I, I you know, I drafted Komet in one of my leagues, and, and and really did expect him to have, you know, obviously not a not a top five tight end year, but a, a six through ten. I thought he was going to be a top ten tight end in fantasy this year. Yeah. No, nonetheless, he's the second best. He's the second best receiver target, whatever you want to call it, on that on that team. Absolutely, absolutely behind Mooney, he has to be. And, and you're not utilizing him. He has 15 targets, 10 catches this season, third ten game. Or, um, sorry, through six games. Use use him. Like there's just no point in not using him, and he's a huge part of your offense. You're relying on Dante Pettis and St. Brown and uh, Smith Marset, who was just cut, but. You know, those guys are no unproven, very floaterish wide receiver fringe fours. You know, not, nobody that's good. You're not, they're not good nonetheless. Um, Let's move on from the Bears, but I will <laughs> say one more thing get, get Felix Jones the fuck off my TV. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Forgot about I didn't even mention him. <laughs> get him before, before we move on i wanted to uh, add one more thing fantasy purpose wise mm-hmm. uh i don't know if you guys saw this on twitter but um Bri- um brian robinson mm-hmm. i don't know why i keep on thinking that his last name is anderson but um i believe it was either the head coach or their offensive coordinator said that um he he's going to be the goal line back 
meaning he's going to get a lot of he's he's going to be touchdown he's going to get a lot of touchdowns so um he wouldn't be a bad bad pickup at all for a flex option um i i don't see a whole lot of yards with him but touchdown he he's uh they said that he's going to be mainly the uh heavy load for the goal line taylor action yeah yeah i i did see that and i this was kind of, it was using him was kind of leading into my next point. Um, if you right now is a pinnacle trade season for fantasy football, if you are like I am in the position, Derek and in Derek and I's league, um, currently I think I'm I'm one in five right now, and I've lost a lot of games by 15 points or less. Um, bye weeks are starting to hit now. We'll kind of break down that bye week, especially this week, because it's a very pinnacle week for bye weeks. Um, week seven doesn't have a lot of great matchups, but um, nonetheless, if Brian Robinson is still on your waivers, I would definitely go out and get him. That's very valuable information that he's going to be the goal line back moving forward. It also takes away snaps from Antonio Gibson, JD McKissick. You have to take into into account for those running backs as well. Antonio Gibson is still a great talent. He just hasn't been able to produce yet. And I think it's because he's just in the wrong system. To be honest, I still think he's a great back and maybe you could see him moved um, at the NFL trade deadline this season. Jaden McKissick is still probably going to be your third down back um, pass catching back more than Brian Robinson. I, I don't see Robinson uh, getting grabs in a PPR half PPR league. So he doesn't really have any value there, but in Derek and I's league, if you're more touchdown reliant, touchdown heavy guys, that it's huge information that he's going to be the goal line back and being able to run those in like he did against the bears um, in week six. So yeah, it's it just crazy that Gibson just, uh, just hasn't been able to get a get it going for some reason. And, and it's crazy because I think he is such a talented back and, and maybe he is in the wrong system, but um Kind of a bummer, really. Yeah, and I think it's huge for everyone else. Like, I mean, you're yourself. You took him with a you know top six pick this year in fantasy, as as well as many other people. Yeah, he had a huge week one, huge week one. It's like okay, Antonio Gibson's getting back on track. He looks good. He's catching the ball. He has ball security and tank. And it's just like what what happened, you know? And, yeah, and I, I mean, I think I played him week one and week two. I don't think I've played him since. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just a bummer because it really feels like it was a waste of a pick, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure commanders fans got to be feeling, you know, just so frustrated about it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I, you feel like you have kind of one of those guys every single season in fantasy where um, guys who aren't playing up to the expectations and, and whatnot, and they're just not panning out, and you're going to have your duds. Um, if if I'm an Antonio Gibson fantasy owner, um, nonetheless, I'm either going to trade low for him or in hopes that, you know, maybe he sparks up or gets more carries through the rest of the season. That's probably not going to happen, but if you're optimistic. Um, so I would either trade super low, maybe for another fringe receiver flex position, or I would just drop him overall and, and try and scoop up someone like, um, you know, maybe Caleb Huntley or um, a different receiver possibly. So that's um, my take. Nate, do you have any other takes on Robinson before I kind of change the topic, but staying on the track of running back. So I have a, I have a point to make. No, um no more on Robinson. I do have when when we get more into fan, fantasy talk. I do have a really really good one that I was just thinking about. 
Okay. But that can be that can be saved for later. So okay. Well, this kind of has to do with fantasy um as well. And I think we're starting to see that, that there's a great um rookie running back trio slash maybe four guys that have been outstanding this year. Um Brees Hall. Um I'm gonna blank on the second guy's name. Um da- sorry, Damian Pierce. Um, Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker on Seattle and then Brian Robinson as well Um, even though we've only seen one game of him but um, I think he's trending upwards but nonetheless who do you think you would rather have going forward on your team Brees Hall Kenneth Walker or Damian Pierce Um, I'm gonna go with Damian Pierce okay interesting if you could have I've been loving what I've been seeing out of Brees Hall. Um, I wasn't I, – I don't know why. I just wasn't sure how he'd pan out in the NFL. Um, he, he went to Iowa State, correct? Yep, Brees Hall from Iowa coming, State. Coming out of Iowa State just like David Montgomery. Um, and it was honestly – it's honestly that same kind of, kind of thing, you know. Montgomery came out and people were like, well, you know, it's from a from a smaller, you know, football school. and um, But he's came out great in the NFL, and it seems like Brees Hall is an NFL-ready back as well, and I think he's going to have a successful career. No, that's huge. I, I'm I'm torn between Brees Hall and Damian Pierce. I really am. I I think I would lean more Brees Hall, um, nonetheless, because his pass catching ability and him in open space is reminds me so much of David Mon- like a young David Montgomery, like for, like when he was in his rookie year and second year. I yep. mean the the agility and the way that he's able to just make guys miss is disgusting. I mean he's. He's had 31 targets this year receiving, and then he's his carries have gone up every single week. And he's had three rushing touchdowns three weeks in a row now. Like Michael Carter and I thought Brees Hall would split carries, and I'd be like, okay, like both of these guys could be a top 25 running back in fantasy and still have fantasy value throughout the entire season, right? You look at Brees Hall now, and you're like, Brees Hall's going to finish as a top 10 fantasy running back, and he may finish above Jonathan Taylor by the end of the season. It's disgusting. Like, you know, I think he will finish above Jonathan Taylor by the end of the season. But it's, it's know, the same. No. Go ahead. I We were just talking about Antonio Gibson. Mm-hmm. And I passed on Brees Hall to select Antonio Gibson. Oh, no. <laughs> Every week since, you know, I realized that, it's been tough to see. Because that guy is a stud. Yeah. He's the, he's the league leader as far as rookies go in yards from scrimmage. Um, and it's not even close. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's impressive. He's getting he's getting thrown. He's getting targeted a lot. Um, it's Wilson has is comfortable throwing to him out of the backfield. And like you said, he's just getting more and more carries every week. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Nate, give me uh give me an explanation why you think uh you would rather have Damian Pierce. Um, for one for one thing before I answer that, I do feel bad for Michael Carter because I he's he's a pretty good back. I mean just going off of like last year, I mean, he had a pretty good, pretty good year. I mean, it wasn't, you know, something like spectacular, but like he wasn't a terrible back at all. But um, for Damian Pierce, I, I know we were, <laughs> we're kind of comparing everybody to Dave Montgomery, but I, I saw a little bit of David Montgomery and him just because of how hard he is to get on the ground. Like he will fight to the last second 
when he when he's running the ball and he's just a just a tank man like he just fly, he's like I said he's he's really really hard to take down he he's not going to go down easy and he's just he's just just fast he's built um I mean there's nothing against you know Bree Brees Hall, but I, I just overall I, I just think that if you give Damien Pierce thirty carries a game, electric. So. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a workhorse. I, a guy I would I think I would compare him to, just to not care compare someone to David Montgomery, even though David Montgomery's a workhorse, and I do like David Montgomery. I see a lot of Jamal Charles and Damian Pierce. Um, I just, a very hard nosed runner. Uh, very, you could, a lot of guys have been making comparisons to like Marshawn Lynch. I think that's maybe too much, but I see more Jamal Charles because Damian Pierce can get swifty. He can make moves in open fields, but he, Jamal Charles is also very hard nosed runner, is good for four to five yards per carry. And I see Damian Pierce at a 20 plus carry back from you know, five yards, four or five yards per carry. Um, but that's just where, that's where I see Pierce. I think both, if you have, even if, I know we didn't really talk about Kenneth Walker, but if, even if you do have Kenneth Walker, he's going to be a great, you know, a great back coming forward. Um, he just had his first start for Rashad Penny this past weekend against Arizona and ran all over that defense. So both three guys, if you have them in fantasy, play them for every week through the rest of the season, you're going to have a lot of, uh, you know, good value coming um, for the rest of the season. But um, keeping on with not, I guess, maybe Brees Hall a little bit, but I want to talk about the Jets. Uh, huge upset win in week six over the Packers. Um, I'm sure yeah, Bears yeah. fans were very, <laughs> I was there. I'm sure Bears fans were really happy to see it. But this Jets team is, there's something here. And, I don't think it's with the quarterback. I think it's with the rest of the team. If I'm being completely honest, I I, I want to say the coaching is good because I love Bob Sala. He's an absolute dog. But nonetheless, that was a very proven Jets win by 17 points over the Packers. I mean, what what are you guys thinking besides the Packers losing? Obviously, any anytime you get those plays like a block punt for a touchdown. Your team just rallies around that, and and they made that happen, and and I, I mean, they were already up in the game, and and it, I mean, just they're closing out teams, they're playing well, they're playing hard, defense is playing great. Sauce Gardner is is probably one of the best rookies on the defensive side of the ball right now. Yes, um, Elijah Moore is playing well. It, it it's it's kind of it's it's kind of good to see. You know, I'm not really caring too much about the AFC teams my whole life being a Bears fan and just wanted to make the playoffs. So it is kind of cool to see the Jets be good, you know, for that fan base and all, because they've been so bad for so long. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be an exciting time to be a Jets fan. Oh, absolutely. Nate, you got any comments before I get on my Jets bandwagon here? <laughs> um, not a whole lot, you know, just kind of like how Derek said, it's kind of cool seeing, seeing, you know, a team that's has sucked ass for very long it's, mm-hmm. it's it's cool to see them you know winning um i wouldn't you know consider them a playoff team by any means or or a good team um but they're they're a team that's that's still somewhat you know 
bad in in a way, but they're they're not going to go down with a fight. Like they're 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 kind of like the Lions. They're they're a not so great team, but they're going to continue to fight. So, no, I like that. Um, there, let me get let me get on my bandwagon. Consider me a Jets bandwagon for the rest of the season, and, and I'll explain why here. There, there very well could be a Sauce Gardner jersey en route to my house in Texas right now because I love this team. Um, the, from the coach to the quarterback to Brees Hall, who we've already uh, boasted about here, to the receiving core and how dynamic and young they are. Uh, Tyler Conklin has really evolved his game as a tight end and, and, and has been a top five fantasy tight end. For, sorry, top uh, fringe top five fantasy tight end all season long. Um, and nonetheless, this defense has got some absolute great players on it, starting with Sauce Gardner, who's been nothing but promising since the draft. And, and what a great, great pick that was. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, their other one of their other first round picks, still developing. I would like to see a little bit more pressure from Jermaine Johnson. Um, one and a half sacks as of right now this season. I think he could hopefully get up to maybe five. I would consider that good by the end of the season. Um, but he still yet could be an elite pass rusher um, off of the end. But let's just talk like DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner combo with Jordan Whitehead and Lamarcus Joyner at the safety. The, the secondary is elite. I, I will I will go ahead and say it myself. This secondary is so elite. I think it was like I couldn't remember what it was, but at the start of the season between Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, like they were com- literally like it, it, Sauce Gardner feels like it's almost like Revis Island all over again. And then to have a good counterpart across from you who can also play in the slot is so dangerous. It really is. It, you're like they are locking up wide receiver ones and twos and every single game. It's disgusting. And then it, go ahead. It, it's fun to watch, and I hate to keep bringing it back to you know the Bears in the past and stuff, but that's just you know where my mind always takes it. But w- when you have a defense who can stop the run like the Jets do, and and you're having an offense who can put some points on the board, and you're forcing them to throw the ball when you have such a great secondary is bringing me back to when it was Kyle Fuller, Adrian Amos, Eddie Jackson making plays. And these guys are now able to make those plays because teams have to pass the ball late in the game because they're down and they're stopping the run and they got to throw the ball and all four of those guys can make a play. So the Jets are causing turnovers and it's fun to watch. I, I love watching good defenses. I love watching defenses that force turnovers. And it seems like the, that group of four right there, it is going to be a turnover creating machine. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And and people forget like there's some there are some names on this defense that you're like, "Oh, I kind of forgot about him or oh, he had a good career elsewhere, but maybe he's going to revamp it this year." Like guys along the names Solomon Thomas was a number 3 overall pick way back when. He could also get going. Um Carl Lawson, proven veteran with two and a half sacks this year. He's good. Quan Alexander having a good start to his season. CJ Mosley, uh, 62 tackles in six games. Hello. First round pick out of Bama in 2014. 
to the Ravens, had a great career with the Ravens. It just just guys like this. I didn't even mention Quentin Williams, five sacks down. He is he is an ex Aaron Donald. I, I'm just gonna say it. Okay, just gonna say it. He is. And if you if you have the chance to watch film on Quentin Williams, he is Aaron Donald 2.0. Just, just watch a couple of clips. If you haven't seen him, watch him. I, I swear to God, he's he's a little hot headed at times, but when you put him on the line against the center, he will pancake that center every single time. It's disgusting. And also, this is the same guy that uh, sneezed, blessed himself, and and said thank you. (laughs) His rookie year, (laughs) like his second interview. It was so funny. Oh my god. I I actually forgot about that. That that is hilarious. I I definitely forgot about that. That is so funny. Um, nonetheless, that is my Jets. I'm on the bandwagon for the rest of the season. Give me the Jets, J-E-T-S. Well, you got to get on Jets. some kind of bandwagon because your team fucking sucks too. Oh, are we? Are, <laughs> is that the conversation that we're going into? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's hop right into it. Let's let's uh, let's start off with uh, Robbie Anderson. Okay, that's a good point. Um. Okay. Well, now, get, it, am, am I correct hey. in assuming that Robbie Anderson was sent over by the Panthers because he was having issues inside the Panthers organization? I saw some videos. Yep. Um, a coach, you know, yelling at him during the game. He actually got kicked out of the game. And I'm guessing either he demanded a trade or they said, you know, we're, we're going to just shop him right away. I don't know if you had any other insight on that. I do. Um, if you haven't heard the news, uh, Panthers receive longtime receiver uh, Robbie Anderson was traded to the Arizona Cardinals on Tuesday morning, I believe, um, or Monday morning. Um, nonetheless, um, there's two reasons why the Cardinals made this trade. The Panthers, uh, he's been on the block for, I think, two weeks now. Um Ever since they fired Matt Rule, he's been yeah, I mean, he's been pretty pissed all season. So this is from Robbie's perspective. He's been really pissed all season. He doesn't like he doesn't get along with Baker, first of all. When when they first acquired Baker, there was a tweet that went out, something about how Robbie had said something or posted something that he didn't like Baker as a quarterback and he didn't like Baker as a person and this and that. So there's never really been strong chemistry between the two. Robbie goes and balls out during the first week, hundred yards touchdown had like 20 fantasy points, eight, sorry, 18 fantasy points. He had a great week one from there. He's his targets and, and, and receptions have absolutely diminished. He's been nothing as far as a receiver. I mean, that offense, that team is dog water. They're going to have the first overall pick nonetheless, but Robbie Anderson has, has, he basically just had a boiling point on Sunday with former Arizona Cardinals head coach, Steve Wilkes, um, who was the, who's now the interim head coach for the Panthers. Him and Robbie got into it. Robbie was, you know, upset because he had zero catches and zero yards uh, at halftime. Him and the coach got into it. Wilkes basically just said, you know, go to the fucking locker room. Um, I've had enough with you. Um, next, you know, I think it was Monday morning. Um, they shipped him off to, Arizona. So now he's in Arizona. Reason why this is getting the second half of it. Reason why Arizona traded. You you may say all oh, the Cardinals is traded for Hollywood Brown during the offseason. They re-signed AJ Green. D Hop's coming back. 
You have Rondale Moore healthy. Greg Dorch has been solid this year. Um, you know, you have all these guys, right? Here, let me break it down for you. Uh, Andy Isabella, who was a second-round pick who we took above DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, and others, which is absolutely fucking embarrassing. Nonetheless, um, he was cut this year, okay? Andre Baselia, um, another guy on the team who was a receiver, like fifth, sixth-string receiver. He's on the practice squad now. He was cut. Greg Dorch is the lowest receiver on the uh, depth chart, who is also as tall as Kyler Murray or shorter. I think he's like 5'8", five, 5'6". Five, he's about I did see a eight cool height. stat on him today that he, um, out of all the receivers, and, and it's so cool with these new stats. I love these new stats. He creates the most separation out of any of the other receivers in the league mm-hmm. off, yeah. off of defenders. But obviously, you know, he's, he's, he's not a big target to throw. Them, so. Yeah, he was, it's, he's it's interesting. Yeah, no, it, I saw that as well. And he's absolutely awesome um, at creating separation. And he's got speed. I think they need to utilize him more or some team who needs a slot receiver should trade for him because he's really fucking good. Um, going back into the thing, obviously, D-Hop's coming back this week after a six-game suspension. A.J. Green has been nothing but absolute piss all season. And I hate him, and I hate that we re-signed him to a contract. I can't stand him. Um Rondell Moore is obviously back and healthy, so he's going to be the slot receipt, primary slot receiver. And then Hollywood Brown, who's having a great year so far with Kyler Murray, as most expected, um, hurt, the, is hurt, though. So this the, the reason why they traded for Robbie Anderson is because Hollywood Brown is going to be out what they thought was going to be the entire season and now ends up turning out from a second opinion from a doctor that's all actually only going to be a month to a month and a half max. So if the Cardinals decide, Hey, we're actually going to play some football going forward. The, they would get Hollywood Brown back for after the buy through the rest of the season. So like the last five games, that's why they traded for Robbie Anderson. So going into the Cardinals and how bad my team is, um, two and four lost to Seattle 19 to nine this weekend. Um, I, I said it earlier in, when we started this podcast a couple of weeks ago um, about the Cardinals defense and they played the Chiefs during the first week and got absolutely pissed on and the defense looked horrible. Offense really couldn't get anything going. Offense still can't get anything going. I have no idea what to say anywhere besides Cliff never should have been extended. Steve Kine never should have been extended. I would rather have both of those fired. Kyler needs to have a new quarterback or a new play. Oh, sorry, a new coach or a new play caller at the helm of Saints. And people stop blaming Kyler Murray for fucking everything. Please, just just stop and watch the film. He's not a bad quarterback. He's short. Yes, he's also one of the most accurate quarterbacks, deep ball accurate quarterbacks, and consistent quarterbacks league wide. I, I, why would you hate on a guy who's accurate? People die for people die for an accurate accurate quarterback across the entire league every single year. You want an accurate quarterback. You have that. The problem is, is that the Cardinals don't like to take deep shots downfield under Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, I could go on for hours about how annoying the Cardinals are, but at the same time, it's just he, play calling. And Cliff had said it this week. He had said it this week in an interview. He would give up play calling if it were if it meant that the Cardinals would score more points. Let 
I forget his name, and I'm going to blank on his on this name. Last year, when Cliff had COVID during the Browns game, um. I can't remember if Kyler was out with an injury that game. I think Colt McCoy started at quarterback. Nonetheless, the Cardinals looked really fucking good. Colt McCoy was the starting quarterback, and they won and beat the Browns last year when they were supposed to lose as a four-and-a-half favorite – sorry, a a four-and-a-half-point underdog last season in a different – guy. the quarterback's coach or the assistant QB coach called plays. Let him call plays tomorrow, please, for me to be happy. I'm done ranting. Someone go on. Well, for uh, us D-Hop uh, fantasy owners should be very, very happy. I myself have have been waiting for this moment on two of my fantasy leagues. And I'm looking forward for tomorrow. Let's just say that. Derek, you got anything else? No. Um, the only thing I've got is it's just – obviously, when you make the schedule – in the NFL, you know, you're thinking, A, you know, everyone's got to get these primetime games and, um, you know, you're expecting teams to do different things. And, and when it's early in the season like this and stuff isn't getting flexed, you know, I just want to apologize to the rest of the nation that you guys have to watch the Bears in primetime two weeks in a row. Um, and, and I, <laughs> you know, this Saints-Cardinals game is, is two teams, I think, that people thought were going to be a little better than they are. And it seems like that's been the case a couple times this season. Um, we've gotten some really good primetime games. Um, we've gotten some really poor primetime games. But what I want to talk about next is a game that should have been primetime. And it was the most fun I've had watching football this season, NFL. And it was that Chiefs-Bills game Sunday at 3.05. What a game. Yeah, that game was... Like I mean, I always had high high hopes for that matchup, you know, just from that playoff se- that playoff game from last year. Um, you know, two two one of the top uh, best quarterbacks in the league are going at it, so it's always always good to see that competition. And uh, we we all know that's we're we're going to see that kind of matchup again in the playoffs. So. Oh, I I hope so. Oh, and and, you know, and the thing I liked about this game was obviously, <laughs> you know, I'd love to see that what was it, 38, 35 last year, 45, 42, or whatever whatever it was. I love those high-scoring games. But this game was fun to watch because the defense on both sides were playing well. I mean, the offenses were playing great, but the defenses were making stops, and it kept it, you know, it, it, the under hit actually in that game, which I'm sure nobody bet, because why would you bet the under? But <laughs> that was just a fun football game to watch. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed it. Can I – let me step in here. I, I want to explain, and I had said this last week on the podcast, I think looking forward when I had picked this game, um, I did pick the Chiefs to win, so I, I was wrong. But I was right on the fact that I said the team that would run the ball better would win this game. Yes, can both teams pass elite? Yes, the top two quarterbacks played against each other. and. I don't care how good Tom Brady is and Aaron Rodgers are. Are they historically better than Mahomes and Allen? Yes. Right now, are they? Absolutely fucking not. These two guys, Allen and Mahomes, are the best two quarterbacks in the NFL at the moment. Absolutely. Now, oh, yeah. I what I said was that whatever team is going to win is going to run the ball better. If you go ahead and look at the box score, Devin Singletary had his best game of the season – and they ran the ball 
They ran the ball as a team 31 times, but he ran it effectively for five yards a carry as opposed to Clyde, who only ran it nine times for 33 yards. And that, I mean, that was really about it. Mahomes had a couple of scrambles, but the team who's going to win runs the ball the game will win the game anytime these two teams face each other. Although the passing is so good and the defenses are usually, they play each other tough. It's whoever's going to run the ball better because they but, manage uh, the clock. And that, and that good running by the Bills opened up. So in Singletary's case, he ran the ball great. Mm-hmm. And then it opened up the play-action game, which also got the ball into Singletary's hands a couple of times. I, I don't know uh, I don't know the stat line, but he had a couple of nice receptions for 10, 15, 20 yards a couple of times, and, and he looked great out there. Yeah. No, he's awesome. Um and it was a blast watching Josh Allen run the football. Holy cow. There was a couple times I'm like, <laughs> I mean, the one where he put his back into the guy. I mean, it was just, he hurdled the guy. It was just, it was, he's fun to watch. Yeah. He, he's awesome. He's awesome. Um, there's a lot of great players on, on both of these teams, but no, Derek definitely hit on the head. Singletary's the guy in Buffalo. And I think they need to actually give him the football a little bit more and I feel like through the first five weeks, they've kind of underutilized a great talent and a great player. And getting that running game going um, is huge for that team to make a Super Bowl run because they are the favorites. I, th- I think they're still the favorites um, right now to win it. Um, I'm not sure if it's them or the Eagles, but nonetheless. Um, you, know, he, you know what? I just thought of some. I, I just thought of some. Here's, here's a question. Uh, this has kind of been speculated a little bit, and I don't really want to talk about the Panthers anymore. Um but all the rumors are pointing for Christian McCaffrey to possibly get traded to Buffalo. If that happens, like, is anyone going to be able to stop that offense? Probably not. <laughs> like, if you, I mean, if you think about I'm it, I'm going to be completely honest. Well, no, I, I, I know. I, I feel bad for Singletary, but it's at the same time, I'm like. Well, Josh no, Allen, you, you Christian can't. McCaffrey, you can't feel Diggs, bad. Singletary, he would want that. He wants that to happen because that just opens the game up for him even more too. When you got something like that, and these guys, they they want a Super Bowl. They want team success over personal success. So, I mean, I I think that would be awesome. You'd have a one-two back punch. You got the receivers going. I mean, Gabe Davis is having a year. Obviously, Diggs is having a year. Dawson Knox caught a touchdown, which was sweet. Pretty much iced my game in fantasy this week. It was good to see him get in the end zone. Um, it, it just it would be one of those op- it would be one of those things like the Chiefs a couple of years ago. Now they didn't get it done that year, um, but when they had all those different playmakers and and you could go so many different places with the ball, it just opens up the game for everybody else. Bringing a stud in like McCaffrey like that. No, that's absolutely true. Um, I, I was just curious because I know the speculations have been there and stuff, and I honestly – I just don't think that it's worth giving up. I know the Panthers said they'd wanted two first-round picks for McCaffrey, which is absolutely huge um, for a team's future, um, although the Bills are in, in win mode – or win-now mode, sorry. Would you give up two first-round picks if it knew you were going to have a chance to win the Super Bowl the next three years? A good chance? That's a hard question. Uh, CMC just signed a new contract, I think. And, um, oh, man. I mean, you owe him a lot of money. You have an established quarterback. You have an established 
wide receiver one and two and tight end all locked up. You have a secondary locked up. I, I think I would do it. If I'm, if I'm, if, if it means that I'm going to get at least one, but maybe two or three Super Bowls in the next five years, absolutely. I, I would do it for one Super Bowl as a Buffalo fan. Yeah, no, I think I would. If I would do it, I would do it for if they're in the win now mode, which they are. I, I think you say, you know what? It's it's, it's honestly, you know, in if make the Super Bowl or bust for the Bills this year. I mean, losing in the AFC Championship game this year, yeah, is a letdown. Is a letdown. Teams. That is true. That it is absolutely is. And the crazy thing is, is that they're not even one hundred percent healthy. That secondary is so banged up, and they're relying on so many rookies. Did, um, did you see the Jordan Poyer thing that he drove to the game because he wasn't medically cleared to fly? I'm like, that is awesome. Yeah. No, absolute gut and heart, and just he he. Um, I, I'm not sure. I listen to it every single oh, day, yeah, but the Pat. Right. I did see that on Twitter. That that was nuts. Yeah, the um, I listen to the Pat McAfee show every single day, mostly, um, and seeing him. Actually, he he was interviewed on the Pat McAfee show about that, and Pat was asking him like, you know what, well, you know what kind of happened, and what was your thought process and whatnot, and he was just like, yeah, I wanted to be there, and I uh, I'm not even allowed to fly, and um, medical or medically wasn't allowed to fly, and. Just decided to drive down there because I wanted to be there for my team. I was like, "Holy shit, that's awesome!" You know, it's crazy just to think about that. But it, like I said, they're they're not a hundred percent healthy, and I say that because they're missing Tre'Davious White, who is an All Pro corner, and Mike Hyde is out for the entire season. Those are two huge pieces for your secondary. Um, they also signed. Uh, uh, I know they don't really need them, but. Jamison Crowder was playing a huge role those first couple weeks as a wide receiver three, but you know he's on IR now. But it looks like they have Isaiah McKenzie and Khalil Shakir who have been awesome. So definitely a win now. Mode, had, you know. I think McKenzie had a little bit of a just just had a bunch of drops, a bunch of like strange plays. Yeah, um, in that game, he just didn't look look his best, but he's been good this. Absolutely. Um, okay. Any other week six games uh, we want to talk about or get into before we? Let's just touch on uh, Giants Ravens quick. But I thought that that was an interesting one to me that the Giants came in there. That game pissed me off. And, and they got <laughs> they're that was doing what they can to win. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you know they barely beat the Bears, but they beat them. They they play that game where they're just kind of in the game, in the game, in the game, and they're and they're winning football games. And, and this was a, a this was a huge statement win beating the Baltimore Ravens, and now Baltimore Ravens at three and three as a team who is expected to contend, you know, be in one of those divisional games against either the Chiefs or the Bills. You know, maybe that's not the case. Yeah, um, Nate, go ahead. Yeah, that Giants are the worst. What five and one team I've ever. I'm honestly, I'm just mad because it ruined my bet last week. So, <laughs> well, that all, I'm still you're bet, over it, you're, bet, you're betting with your heart, but are, are they better than the eleven and one Steelers team from twenty nineteen? <laughs> I don't know about that. That's here. Let me. I'll give it to Big Ben. Let me let me talk about the Giants here and why I like them so much, and it 
it simply has to do with with two things. Um, Saquon Barkley's healthy. Okay. He's back, and I love him healthy. And I think it's great for the league that he's healthy, and it shows how pinnacle he is of of a, yeah, that's really, a piece of that while. offense. It's been a while since he's been like, you know, I want to say the last two years he hasn't been what he is right now. No, 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 not not at all because he's hurt or he's hurt off and on again or anything like that. Like he's just not um he he's dominant this year. He has been he's been showing dominance. He's showing why he's the why he's the back there. You know, not that anyone's really contending for his spot, but to him it's it's almost like he has a chip on his shoulder kind of deal and I feel like that's what kind of year he's having and I and I love it. Um the second reason is uh, a guy that I wanted to be the Cardinals head coach for a long time um, is Brian Dable. And Derek, you said it perfectly how I was going to say it. They're not winning games by blowout fashion. They're winning games hard and like gritty and just like absolutely just grinding to get the win. Not in a blowout fashion, not because the offense is too powery, not because the defense is too good. They're just playing hard-nosed, fundamental, solid football. And I feel like that's what Brian Dable brings to that culture. And it's awesome to see. Like, it is absolutely awesome to see that. And I don't have any problem with it at all. Like, I, I love this Giants football team as, as a 5-1 and one team. Do I think they're going to win the Super Bowl? No. No, no, no. There's way better teams than the Giants. Am I excited because there's new teams who are doing good? And do I like change in the football? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I'm, I hate seeing – I hated seeing when I was growing up, you know, Tom, well, all three of us, Tom Brady win the fucking Super Bowl every other year or every other two years or whatever it was. You know, it's like, can this guy just stop being so good? And can he retire? Can Aaron Rodgers retire? Let's ch- let's change it up. Let's get some new teams in there. Now you have the Giants who are five and one. You got the Jets are doing good. You got the Bills. The Eagles are six and zero. Things are changing. Cultures are changing. New coaches come in. Players are healthy. There's really good rookies on these. Both of these, all these good teams. It's a different kind of football, and it's exciting to see that. So, um, I'm actually. It's, I'm, it's impressive to see Dable doing what he's doing with this Giants offense. Knowing he came from, you know, having Josh Allen and Diggs and all the, you know, and and a good tight end and Dawson Knox and and all these options in Buffalo where they were able to put up these big points because they had this quarterback. He's doing this now with Daniel Jones. Obviously, Saquon's you know a better running back than they had in Buffalo, but mm-hmm. he's doing that. He's doing this with a much less talented roster. But he's and he's not trying to do things that these guys aren't. He's playing the way that they can win games. He's using Daniel Jones the way that Daniel Jones can play, and that's how they're winning games. He's not trying to make Daniel Jones into Josh Allen because he's not. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I love that. I love, love, love that. Um, Nate, you got any thoughts about the Giants? Nope. Okay. Awesome. Nothing bad. Okay. Okay. Um, Derek, any other games that you wanted to – I know – I know we've been talking about the games for a while. Um, no, I'm good. Those, I think, I think we 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 hit on on most of the big ones. I, maybe we missed missed a couple, but um, I mean, we could go all day, you know, talking about this different. Stuff. <laughs> no, that is true. 
Okay, sweet. Let's move on into um, – Nate, I know you said you had some good fantasy talk that you wanted to talk about. Why don't you talk about that now, and then we'll get into oh. the week seven pick them. Okay, yeah. So I was just thinking about this. So with Cam Akers being for, on the Rams, um, for Cam Akers, you know, sitting out, looking for a new team, blah, blah, blah. And so you got – Henderson as your running back one, right? Guess, take it, take a guess who returns off the IR, um, not this week or not uh, in two weeks, not this week, but the following week. He's from Notre Dame. Tyron Williams. He's coming back. And before he even, and before he got hurt. He was he was gonna he was gonna get either uh, he was gonna split carries so he's gonna be splitting carries with uh, Henderson and and I think that Kyron, uh, Kyron Williams is gonna get a lot more touches uh, because Henderson is is a really good uh, uh, blocker okay. so for fantasy purposes maybe you know if you need maybe a good bench player possibly a flex options after a couple weeks. Um, you know, it's it's something to look to look out for because he was an absolute dog at Notre Dame, and him splitting carries potentially, you know, at some point potentially get in, in a bigger role later on. Probably take it a little bit light since he's coming off, just to see how he is. But um, it's something to to look out for if if you're needed needing something, and for you know, just like kind of how we kind of uh, talked about bye weeks. Uh, need, need some need someone to pick up, so it's it's just something to look out for since he's coming back and he's going to be splitting carries with Henderson. So, okay, no, I appreciate that. Um, personally, it, it really just depends. I think as far as that is is um, what you need for your fantasy team going forward, right? Like you're at the halfway. Most people are at the halfway point of their fantasy football season at this point, so now is the time to to trade guys um, or, or really kind of shake up your team. Um, I've been trying to do it myself in the league that I'm uh, one in five and I'm just, I'm trying to try and change some things up and, and see what I can figure out um, kind of going as, as far as that. Um, there were a list of guys that I have that you can buy low on. Here's the name of the guys. I'll give you two running backs, two receivers, and a tight end. First guy I have on my list, Raheem Mostert, Miami Dolphins running back. If He's probably going to be rostered in, in majority of the leagues or as a fringe running back two or flex guy, kind of depending on what the team's going to be. If you have the ability to buy low on Raheem Mostert, it's a great option. They have the uh, 10th easiest remaining schedule for the rest of the season. So it's a great opportunity for him to uh, be your running back to going forward as he's shown he's explosive. He's super quick. He can break tackles and he's definitely the running back one there um, taking over Chase Edmonds uh, uh, role in, in Miami. And now that two looks like he's probably coming back uh, possibly this week, maybe um, or next week. It, it's a great opportunity for him to, um, he's more touchdown reliant. Raheem is more touchdown and in volume, not so much a pass catcher. That's more Chase's role. But still, if you need to get a buy low on Raheem's a guy. Another running back, 
who hasn't had as great of a year, requested a trade earlier in the preseason. You could still buy low on him as he's a great talent is Kareem Hunt on the Browns. Um, Definitely another great opportunity for PPR, half PPR league as he um, is suitable to Nick Chubb. Um, Deshaun Watson will be coming back in the next five weeks. So we'll have that to talk about too. Um, But Kareem Hunt's a great option. Um, another guy I have here, which is on Derek's list. So, I, Derek, I don't know if you've talked about trading this guy at all um, or not, but the guy I have is T. Higgins on the Bengals. Um, I don't know if you have any insight or thought about trading T. Higgins, but um, definitely an, an option I had. Um, Hot start to the year. Hot start to the year for sure. Um, he's had some. He's had some good games this year, but it seems like Jamar Chase is is picking it back up. Um, but for a couple of games there, T. Higgins outperformed Jamar Chase. Um, obviously, he was hurt last week. Um, but I've started him, I want to say, five of the six, four or five of the six games this season. Yeah. I know he was in concussion protocol and missed a game uh, due to that, I think it was, or missed missed the rest of the game or whatever it was. But T. Higgins is a huge wide receiver, too. Um, the Bengals are going to get it going here. I think they started doing that last week, and I – you kind of saw that with Jamar Chase, but I expect T. Higgins to start blossoming um, over the next couple weeks here. And another guy, um, my second receiver that I love on this list, Christian Kirk, um, huge start to the season. I've, I've been trying to grab him in both of my leagues all season long. He's a huge slot guy. He can play the outside when need be. He's quick. He catches volume passes, and I think him and Lawrence are only going to get better here. Um, great opportunity for you to grab Christian Kirk. Um, and then the last guy I have with Dak Prescott coming back, and hopefully he stays healthy. Um, this is only if he stays healthy. Is Dalton Schultz um, as on the Cowboys? Um, I know he kind of reaggravated that PCL injury again, so I'm hoping he stays healthy. Um, maybe not yet, but maybe if you need to wait a couple weeks, like two weeks, you could probably get him. Probably get him before the trade deadline. So. Any other players from you guys uh, as far as fantasy that you'd like to trade for or trades that you have made that you want to talk about? Um, I did see that Khalil Herbert is going to be getting the ball more in the coming weeks. Okay. I did not see that. It was a press conference, and the quote was, we are planning on riding the hot hand, which right now happens to be Khalil. I expect Khalil Herbert to get close to, if not more touches on Monday night than Montgomery. Wow. Okay. I actually didn't hear that, so I'm very, very, very and, interested and in that. He has been playing. Khalil Herbert has been playing well this year. And he did, I mean, last I picked him up last year off waivers um, before really anyone knew who he was. And uh, he performed well. And I He's been when he gets the ball this year. He's been playing well at twelve two. Um, when Montgomery was out for a game, he stepped up. He gave, I think he had a hundred yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I think he's a good player. I don't think he's um, David Montgomery, but um, the Bears say they're going to use him more. So, wow, I love that. Yeah, I just, I, uh, I just saw a graphic here from Fox Sports that's saying that the the top five rush offenses um, in the NFL. Can you guess where the Bears are? They're probably one or two. Yeah, they're two behind the Browns, which uh, 
So Dub Hunt. Can you guess who's three? This is gonna tricky. I think this is gonna be a, a tricky one. Hmm. I want to say that it's gonna be some team that has a. I'm guessing it's a team that maybe they don't have the best running backs, but their quarterbacks are running the ball well, and both their running backs are getting yards. So maybe not very big fantasy, but maybe the Eagles. Close. Eagles are fifth. That's a good guess. Sanders, by the way, having a great year. Nate, you got a guess who the third best rush offense is? I was thinking that what are the Jags? Um, not top five. I only have the top five on this list. Hmm. It goes Browns, Bears, blank, blank, Eagles. Yeah, I don't know. It's the Falcons, if you were curious. Wow. I would have not guessed that. <laughs> the Giants are fourth, but um, the Falcons are third. I thought that was an interesting point. Okay. Um, sweet. Let's get into um, a little pick em here. Let's get into a little pick em. Um <laughs> We will do the Thursday night game last, as I've kind of already talked on the Cardinals, but uh, we'll give our predictions here at the end. Um, so we'll start with, oh, let, let's, uh, let me start with the buying teams first. Um, okay. If you are a fan or have players for fantasy on the bills, Rams, Vikings, and Eagles who are all above 500, they are all on buys this week. This is the most pinnacle buy week of the entire season for fantasy football. Um, myself included, I'm getting hammered in one league. Um, I have four guys on a bye this week and three in another. So not great for myself. Um, nonetheless, if you are streaming guys this week or need to play your backups, just be prepared. It's going to be kind of a brutal week. Um, I've already told myself that I'm starting Matt Ryan this week. Um, not very confident in that, but we're going to let it slain. So, um, he threw the ball. He threw the ball fifty-eight times last week. He did. They actually have the second-best passing offense in the league. He's thrown for seventeen hundred yards already, so um, he's definitely been slaying in that, John. But um, okay, game one, Sunday, October twenty-third, Falcons at Bengals. Line is six and a half in favor of the Bengals. Who? Uh, we'll start with Derek. Who do you got here first? I think the Bengals are just starting to heat up and really hit their stride. Um, I think it's Bengals and a two-score game. Wow. Okay. Nate? Um, I'm going to also uh, go with the Bengals. Okay. I, I agree with Derek uh, by saying that uh, I think they uh, the Bengals got their offense a little bit more flowing now. I, I feel like they're a lot more comfortable comfortable now and we've been seeing that so um i feel like they're going to be winning a lot a lot more games or at least coming a lot more closer so okay well i'll say here first team right give me the bangles at home uh, i will take them in the pick them but if you are looking for a hot trend atlanta falcons six and oh ats this season in six games, both home That's and away. This line was supposed to drop. It is still at the six and a half. So if you're betting, I would take this. I'm going to go Bengals by a field goal this game, um, if I were to call it. Um, next game, Lions at the Cowboys. Um, I just got 
a tweet that came across from Jane Slater. Um, she tweeted that Dak Prescott has been medically cleared to play, according to the Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy. Tomorrow at practice on Thursday, expect him to throw the ball 40 to 50 times to test out the thumb. Lions are coming off of a bye. Derek, uh, the line is seven in favor of Dallas at Arlington. Who do you got here? I'm not going to get cute with this one. I think it's the Cowboys. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of wanted to go with the Lions, but uh, I, I think the Cowboys get the, get the job done here. I don't think the Lions are quite there yet. Okay. Nate, what do you got? I got the uh, Cowboys as well. Okay. Whether or not Dak plays or not, I'm I, um, still, still going with the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm on a team ride this as well. Uh, Cowboys is my pick. The reason why is because this defense has just been absolutely unstoppable. Not that it has – I shouldn't say unstoppable. It's been solid. It really has been solid. And Micah Parsons is the best defensive player in the league at the moment, even as a second-year guy. He's he's insane. Um, it, it's just his presence and his pressure. Demarcus Lawrence coming off the other edge on the other side. Uh, both of those guys have been great. Trayvon Diggs has been a lot better this season. Um and I, I, I like the Cowboys here. Even though the Lions are coming off of a bye and their offense has been pretty good for the most part. Um, I like the Cowboys. Next game, uh, just talking about this a little bit, but Colts at Titans. Titans also coming off of a bye. Um, and like Derek said, Matt Ryan had thrown the ball 58 times last week. Um, any? I'm not too sure. Any official word on if Jonathan Taylor's playing this week or not? I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen anything. Um, Derek, go ahead and give your pick. I'm going to see if I can find some, an update on that. Divisional game. I think it's going to be close. What's the spread? The spread is two and a half in favor of the Titans. The Titans are at home. Titans at home. So it's basically, it's they're basically saying the Colts would be the favorite on a neutral field then. Correct. I'm going to go with the Titans because I think they're, I think they're a playoff team when they're playing well, and they have been in the in the past couple of years. And I think they're going to get back to that. And my gut is telling me the Titans. Okay, Nate, what do you got? Derek, I, I swear I'm not I'm not copying you, but I'm also <laughs> going with the I, I I already have my picks listed on my board. I swear, but I'm I'm going with the Titans. Um, just main about. 90% because I have Derrick Henry, so I'm, I'm, hey, kinda, I'm yeah, I, I got I gotta go with the Titans. So hopefully I'm I'm pushing a uh two tutty hundred yard tight wow. game for, for, for for Henry. Fingers crossed. So I am going Titans. Titans okay. I am and I don't like Matt Ryan because he pissed me off last year in fantasy, so I am not over him. Not going to team ride this one. Give me the Colts. Um, I love the Colts. I love the Colts. I love the Colts in this situation. Titans have the 31st ranked pass defense. The Colts have a top six passing offense right now. I love the Colts passing the ball. Matt Ryan and Pittman seem to have found a little bit of a groove. 
Um, Deion Jackson probably going to be out this week, so I'm hoping Jonathan Taylor will be back this week. I was trying to find um, a little bit of quick news on him, and I couldn't really find anything. Um, nonetheless, I still like the Colts just because they're able to pass the ball and move it better than um, the, the Titans, in my opinion. So I'm going to go uh, with the Colts on the road. Um, next game, Packers at Commanders. Packers minus five on the road, coming off of a bad loss at home to the Jets. Derek, what do you got for this one? Packers in under Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur had never lost uh, back-to-back games in his four-year tenure. I don't think there's any way that this locker room loses three in a row. Give me the Packers. Nate? Going with the Packers, it's bound to happen. They've lost two in a row. Sure, they'll figure out something. So I'm going with the Packers. Yeah, I'm going with the Packers. And here. Manners are just not, not, just not a good team. I'm sorry, <laughs> they're just not. I would have loved to have this, and it, it very well might be one of those games for the Commanders. I just don't see the Packers losing three. I mean, I, I, w- I mean, screw the Pickums. I, I would love to see the uh, Packers lose. Oh, absolutely. But. Yeah. Being realistically, like, yeah. I mean, like, anything can happen just like last week. So many favorites lost. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, back. Okay. I am team riding the Packers as well on this one. Um, I think this is a get-right game for the Packers. No Carson Wentz for the next four to six weeks for the Commanders. He's – excuse me. He's out. Um so this seems like a clear – first of all, let me go back. I love Taylor Heineke. I, another guy I love, Nate. I, I do love Taylor he Heineke. Did. He's a gamer. He's really a gamer, and he convinced me he was a gamer because of how he played against the Bucks in that wild card game um, was it last year, maybe two years ago when COVID was a thing. Um, he really played his ass off then, and I – I really wish he got the starting job um, for the commanders, but um, nonetheless, he's going to be starting, but give me the Packers in a bounce back game. Next one, stinky game, Buccaneers at the Panthers. Bucks and Tom Brady are 11 point favorites on the road in Carolina. Uh, Derek, I think we, I think we can all agree that we're taking the Bucks. Yep. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We'll save that. Uh, We'll save that game for a short one. I actually, the way that the Bucks have been playing, if if I was going to bet this game, which I might, um, I actually think I would take the Panthers and tease them the two like fourteen and a half maybe. Um, gotcha. They covered that against the Rams last week, and the Bucks have just looked not good. They are, I don't know if Brady's regressing or what, but um, that's just my opinion on it. Next game, I, I love, I like this game. I like this game. I like the line. I think it's reversed. Giants at Jaguars. The line is Jacksonville minus three. Giants coming off of an emotional win um, against the Ravens. Derek, who do you got here? Um, Jags at home, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. Yep. At Jacksonville. Three point favorites. I think the state of New York's going to six and one. Wow. Giants. Taking the G, man. Yes. 
Nate. In a good game. We uh, we got a switch up here. I'm taking the Jags. Ooh. Okay. Any reason? Just taking them. Don't like the Giants still. They're okay. still one of the worst five and one teams. I'm I'm saying this now. They're it's it's a fluke. Okay. It's a fluke. All right. Hardy. Give me the G men. Six and one. The state of New York is gonna be buzzing. Give me the Giants on the road. I think this line is backwards. I really do. I know the Giants. Um, there's a report today that came out that it looks like they're going to be without Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony again. Uh, Wandale Robinson has looked pretty good. Um, so I'm excited to see more of him. Daniel Bellinger, the tight end, has been a little bit of a factor uh, for Danny Dimes. And then, you know, we obviously got Saquon Barkley. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to watch that game, actually, which is hard for me to say because those teams historically stink. But I think it'll be a good game. Um, so give me the Giants. Next game, divisional game, uh, Browns at Ravens. The Ravens are minus six and a half at home. Uh, Derek, who do you got here? I'm taking the Ravens at a bounce back game. I don't see the Ravens going to three and four at, with a losing record. Give me the Ravens. Okay. Nate. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm agreeing with Derek. I'm going. I'm going with the Ravens. Um, I think they'll have a bounce back game, and um, on the upside, uh, Rashad uh, Bateman is questionable, so he may he has a high possibility high possibility of coming back and playing. So that that will definitely help out the offense. Okay. Um, Ravens one and two at home this year. Browns one and one on the road. I'm leaning Cleveland. I'm going to take the Browns here. I'm going to go opposite of you guys. I feel like it's going to be a good game. I think I, it's going to be a good game, too. I think six and a half is too much. If, if we do see something, I think it might be a Justin Tucker game when you field goal. I, I really do. I, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised about that. But um, hey, He's just a system kicker. He is. He definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I saw that quote. I'm like, that's hilarious. <laughs> mark, me down, mark me down for the Browns. Um, okay. Moving to the afternoon slate, we got four afternoon games this week. A little bit different. Um, God, I hate this next game. Okay, um, next game: Jets at Broncos in a pick'em. Uh, the line is even. Um, over under has gone down from forty-four to thirty-eight. It has dropped a lot, um, but the line is even. Um, Denver is, I guess, minus one if you want to call them a home favorite, but. Uh, Derek, what do you got here? The state of New York football <laughs> is staying hot, and the Broncos are stinky. Yes. Russ Nate. is not having it this year. Nathaniel Hackett having some trouble under the helm. Give me the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. P, who you got? Broncos country, let's try. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Since he didn't, oh man, he crushed that. I'm watching the uh, watching the Yankees and uh, the Astros game. Oh, nice! Pena just smoked it. I'm watching <laughs> Appalachia State versus Georgia State on a Wednesday night. College football. <laughs> <laughs> And and the uh, the Bulls won, so that's that's nice. Oh, did they really? Yeah, draft. Let's go. Yeah. Draft. Nobody was having a uh, 
had a profit boost. Um, and it was like, uh, uh, what was it? It was this, if the bulls were up at five at any point, you would get an instant payout and the odds were plus 246 and the max bet that you could put on was, was 10 bucks. So I just got like an easy 35 bucks. Nice. For work. That's sweet. Um, okay. So you guys are split here. Um, I'm going to ride with Derek again. Give me the jets. I, the hot hand. <laughs> um, I, I don't, I actually hate the Broncos. Um, I don't like the coaching system. I don't like Russell Wilson. I don't like the system that he's in. Um, nothing is figured out there and the jets are the hot hand going to take the hot hand. If you can get them at plus money, that'd be great. Um, next game here, Texans at Raiders. Um, line is minus seven in favor of the Raiders at home. Derek, who do you got? I'm going with the Raiders here. Okay. Nate. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going Raiders as well. Yeah, I will also be on the Raiders, uh, simply just a better team. Um, although, like we yeah. said, we do like Damian Pierce, and I do like Derek Stingley Jr., and uh, that's all. That's that's about all I like on that team. So um, go ahead and give me the Raiders. Next game, Seahawks at Chargers. Chargers minus six. Uh, probably the over, highest over-under of the week at 51, um, which seems a little high for this game, but um, who, who do you guys got in this one? If you would have just blindly told me this game, you know, a couple weeks ago, I wouldn't have questioned it. But right now I'm having trouble guessing this game because I really don't think the Chargers have been very good. I watched them this week, barely sneak one out against the Broncos. Was that the Monday night game? Yep. Not a very good football game. Not a very good – not as good as a team as I thought they were going to be this year. Give me the Seahawks. Okay. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, give me the Seahawks. Okay, I like that. Nate, what do you got? What are we on? Chargers and uh, Seahawks. Yeah, I'm going Chargers. Okay. Um, Derek, I'm with you here. I'm having a hard time trying to handicap this game here, and I, I agree with you. I, I think the Chargers, there's something funny. I don't know if it's Staley or what's going on there or whatnot, but something's not right. Um, Seattle just had a good, solid win over Arizona. They've been playing solid football. Um, So I'm going to go with the Seahawks, although I could see the Chargers winning by three, Um, although they do have to replace their kicker. So we'll see. Um, And then following up with the last 3 o'clock game of the week, the game of the week, in my opinion, Chiefs at 49ers. Uh, Chiefs are minus two and a half on the road uh, over under 48 and a half. Derek, who do you got for the I game mean, of the week? I, I think this is going to be a really good game. I do. Um, I'm going with the Chiefs because I don't see them losing back-to-back games. This is going to be a get-right game. They're coming off of a tough loss to their – I mean, honestly, their rival right now is the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. It's a fun rivalry, and I think they're going to they're gonna come back with some vengeance to show they are still a top dog in the AFC. But this is going to be a good game. Tough. Nate? Yeah, I'm going Chiefs. Um, I don't see them losing to the 49ers. The 49ers are still a little bit banged up injury-wise. So, um, And uh, overall, Chiefs are just a <coughs> – excuse me, just a better team. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm also on the Chiefs as well, simply because the 49ers are banged up. I do think they have one of the best defenses in the league. 
um, nonetheless, um, yeah, I'm going with the Chiefs. Okay, Sunday night game. Uh, Steelers-Dolphins. Derek, what do you got here? Who's starting at quarterback for both teams? Um, Tua, Tua is clear to play. Tua is clear to play, so he's... Tua against Mitchie Mitch? <laughs> Possibly Kenny Pickett. He got cleared today. Um, oh, so dude. they're yeah, Kenny Pickett got cleared today, so they're gonna see. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if both quarterbacks play for the Steelers, but the Dolphins are at home and they are seven point favorites with two as quarterback. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Dolphins here. I really wanted to you to say Mitch was starting and I was gonna ride him, but um, either way, I think the Dolphins is the is the play here. I think they're a good football team. I don't think they lose to the Steelers on prime time. Okay. Nate. Yep. Going Dolphins as well. Yep, I'm on the Dolphins as well. Uh, simply just a better team. Although the Steelers had a good win last week, um, not today. Okay, uh, one last game, and then we'll talk quick about the Thursday night game, and we'll be out of here. Um, your, both of you guys, your Chicago Bears at the Patriots. The line is seven and a half, which is absurd. Um, but. I'm going to take the under in this game no matter what. So what are you guys telling me? I watched college game day this weekend, and it was absolutely electric. Pat McAfee's great on the show. Peyton Manning was great on the show. And Peyton Manning used a line with the game being in Tennessee. I'm a big Morgan Wallen fan. He used the Morgan Wallen song title. Now, there's a Morgan Wallen song title called Happy Hour. It's actually not about anything happy. I'm I'm saying Zappy Hour is not going to be happy this week. Oh. Give me the Chicago goddamn fucking Bears. Let's go. In prime time, baby. We're going to be 4-4. Four and four. Okay. I like that. Nate? What's 1 plus 99? 100. Bears by 100, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Oh, y'all kill me, Come man. Come on, man. I can't. <laughs> Give me the Patriots. I can't bet this fucking Bears team. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I, I You know what? You know what? I, I, I picked the Bears against the Commanders last week. I, I did. I went with Justin Fields, and I said, you know what? I think they could beat Carson Wentz, especially at home. Well, if fucking proved me to wrong. the left, he would have had Dave Montgomery. I know, but that was his fifth read, you know. But nonetheless, you know what? Give me the Patriots. Made a sandwich. Toasted it in everything. Give me the Patriots. Okay. Last game. Um, I had already ranted about the Cardinals for probably 30 minutes of this podcast. Um, Nonetheless, they are playing the Saints on Prime Video tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football. Primetime first primetime game for both teams this season, I think, which is pretty cool. Uh, The Cardinals have moved up from one-point favorites to – I'm sorry, one and a half point favorites, two and a half point favorites. Um, news today that broke for the Saints, and I can break the Cardinals news or updates as well. Um, no Michael Thomas, no Jarvis Landry, no Marshawn Lattimore, no Adam Trotman, no Andreas Pete, and maybe one other guy in the Saints. Um, all of those guys are starters, by the way. Um, as far as the Cardinals go, they are without their starting center. Hollywood Brown is out indefinitely. Um, James Conner is questionable tomorrow with a rib injury. Um, 
so we might see him get to go. D-Hop is activated and in. He will be playing tomorrow. Robbie Anderson, I don't know if he's going to be active or not. He's going to be limited tomorrow from what I've been told. Um, so don't – if you're going to try and play him in fantasy, if you need a guy this week, I probably would stay away from Robbie Anderson unless he has a big play. Um, nonetheless, I think that's all the injury update I have for the Cardinals. Um, I'm riding with my boys. Can you? I'm going to ride with the Cardinals. Um, quick question, though. Can anyone tell me the last time the Cardinals won a home game? Last year. Yes. But I'm you know when? Here as well. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it'll be a close game. But ultimately, I like Kyler over Jameis. And Slash I like Andy. Cards. I like the cards moving up. I just don't see him falling to two and five. Yeah, I told him not. Oh, sorry. Is Jameis uh, is is he still out? Um, I don't know. I I I, I don't. I think he's playing. I kind of forgot that he wasn't even. Playing. Well, yeah, it's like Jameis slash Andy, but I think Jameis is going to start tomorrow. So you're right. Yeah, I'm going to go with the cards here. Me. Yep. Going with the bird. All right, team ride on the cards. Hopefully they fucking win. Me too, because third part of that, that that one that one back. That's probably not hitting, dude. Team futures. Probably not hitting because of the Cardinals. Um. Okay. Nonetheless, that is your week seven already. Pick them for the NFL. Um. Boys, any uh, any other wrapping up thoughts here in regards to the NFL? Nope. My last thought of the day doesn't have anything to do with the NFL. Pat McAfee has been absolute gas on college game day. Yes. He had about six or seven clips from that Tennessee Alabama game, which was electric. That I just thought this guy is an entertainer. This is awesome. So it's cool to see. <laughs> yeah, and if that's a great point. Like if you don't I, I watch his show every day and he's bringing on guests after guests after guests and they're not the same guests. They are reoccurring different guests, rap sheets on there. Um, AJ Hawk co-hosted. It's awesome to see him kind of, I feel like he's more like a quiet kind of guy and it's kind of cool to see him open up. Um, Jamar Chase is going to be on Pat McAfee show tomorrow. So if you want to hear a Jamar Chase interview, he'll be on there. Um, they yeah. talk to Von Miller every week. They talk to Gabe Davis this past week. It's pretty cool. It, he's awesome on college. It, like nonetheless, like his show is awesome, but him on college game day brings like a younger, like Lee Corso kind of vibe to the scene. And Pat's his own entertainer, and he's the coolest guy to be around and to watch all the time. Like he's so cool. I just uh, awesome to see him. So thanks for bringing that yeah. up. That and pardon the part. Pardon my take and the Pat McAfee show bring a similar vibe, and I think they're both great, great mm-hmm. listens. So. As is the 815 sports pod. <laughs> That's right. Um, sweet. Nate, any any uh, any wrapping up thoughts here? Nope. I think we covered a, a good amount of stuff. So Sweet. All right. Well, that'll do it for episode number five for the 815 sports podcast and week six going into week seven at the NFL season. Um, I appreciate Nate and Derek for being on the podcast this week. Derek, it's good to have you back. Um, we will update the pick next week on the episode. 
Uh, be sure to go ahead and retweet, share, do what you got to do with the podcast, spread the word, spread the love. Uh, well, yeah, we'll be back. Appreciate everyone. Boys, thank you so Appreciate much. Appreciate you, man. Peace. Yep. And uh, we'll talk to you later.